We are going on tour. The Glamorous Trash Podcast and my book tour have collabed and we're coming to a city near you. Click the link in the show notes to to get all of the deets. We're coming to New York City. On June 4th, we are kicking off an event with Jon Stewart. No big deal. That's our very first show in New York City. Then we're coming to Washington, D.C., Nashville, Chicago, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, Seattle, Portland, and Los Angeles. So get your tickets now. We are doing three different events because, you know, I'm always doing the most. That's just on brand, right? First, there's a glamorous trash party. It's the podcast meets the book tour meets Coachella, a live show featuring podcast segments, book segments, a very special guest. And of course, there's a runway walk at the end for people to show off their fits because the dress code to every event is obviously glamorous trash. We are also doing a cookie country club. It's the anti-country club country club. And it's very dreamy. You get like a bunch of products. There's little events. And it's a more intimate event where you meet other cookies and listen to a book chat with what me and another special guest. And then the final event, the Behind the Bangs Writing Workshop. I finally did it, put it together, put together this workshop because I wrote this book in many ways for younger me. And younger me would not have gotten off her couch unless there was also a workshop being taught. I wanted the gyms. I wanted I wanted the knowledge. I wanted the education. That's what I would have wanted. So I've decided I'm doing it. And in the workshop is going to be the six writing gyms that took me forever to learn. 15 years. In my 15-year career as a TV writer and author and blah, 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 all the other things I've written, there are six things that I always use, and all of those are in this workshop. So if you have an interest in writing, sign up. All the ticket links are live today. Click the show notes. Click my Instagram. We are coming to a city near you, and there's going to be some meet and greets. I'll sign some copies of books. We'll give out more books, and I have uh, some pieces of merch that I'm taking on the road, and I'm going to give them out at the shows. Welcome to Glamorous Trash Talk. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and author, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And on today's episode, we are recapping and book clubbing Gypsy Rose Blanchard's memoir titled Released, and it was released uh, just a week or so ago in January when she was released (laughs) From prison. And this is an ebook. It's 125 pages. It's not really a memoir. It's like a pre, it's a pre memoir. And Miss G. Rose Blanchard, dare I say, is the ultimate woman we need to check on. And so we are going to check on her in this episode. And this episode is a Patreon only episode to thank you so much for supporting this podcast. We couldn't truly, literally, scientifically could not do this podcast without your support. If you want to hear the whole episode, please support the podcast. You can sign up in the show notes. Now, this episode, I chose it for our Patreon because I felt like this was a book where you might really want to know what was inside it, but maybe one you wouldn't read. So it felt like, you know what, let's read this one. Let's bring the tea to the cookies. And I had so many notes. I had a hundred I had like 100 notes on this book, even though it was just 125 pages. So buckle in, get ready. Please know that we're going to be talking about a lot of really tough things. Miss G. Rose went to prison for aiding in the murder of her mother. There's a lot of abuse we are going to talk about. She processed a lot of it in the book. So please take care when listening and let's dive in. 
let's welcome our guest to the episode. She is not only a cookie, she is in our live monthly Zoom book club and she, she just holds the fort down. She's got so many insights and observations. She is, I'm gonna say she led a cookie trip to Vegas, but she said she just booked to the hotel. She's currently wearing her merch and she is a woman in STEM. Please welcome Katie Rosen. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I was trying to figure out what my niche is and I feel like it's, people who are more infamous than actual celebrities. Yeah, when Little Miss G. Rose's book came up, I said, who would be so studied on this? They would be an, probably an expert. And I instantly knew it was you. And I saw you message like the, the Patreon chat, like this book is coming out maybe a second after the, the news announcement. And so I, I reached out and I said, are you, are you a G. Rose expert? And you said, yes, I am. And then of course, after that, I then, proceeded to watch her Good Morning America interview. I watched the six-part Lifetime documentary. I watched the full Vile Files interview. I love how studied you are, Katie. And I kind of came into this, I hadn't read or watched a ton of all the movies and things and documentaries that have been put out about Miss G. Rose. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go in cold I'm going to read the book to get my first impression of her, really let her tell me her story, and then I will go and research more. And so the first way I ingested this story is through her memoir. So in case you are like me, I'm going to just give you the overall headline of what this story is so that then you can go in and, and hear the rest of what this book is about. So Miss G. Rose was raised by her mother, Dee Dee. A single mom, they were heavily isolated, and Dee Dee was unbearably, unfathomably abusive and suffered from Munchausen's by proxy and made Miss G. Rose and everyone around her and doctors believe that she was sick and that she was dying. And she had dozens of surgeries she did not need. She was told she had cancer. Her entire life, she truly believed that she was dying because her mom told her that she was. And she was also relegated to a wheelchair that her mom would push her around in. And even though she knew that she could walk, her mom told her to keep it a secret. And her mom would shave her head to make it seem like she was going through cancer treatment. And then she would use her daughter being sick to get attention and to get like little press opportunities and to actually get gifts, uh, you know, make a wish trips and a house was built for them and, and all these things that she had them do. And Misty Rose tries to escape via men that she meets on the internet. And one of them that she meets, his name is Nick and he murders Dee Dee. Uh, Misty Rose hands him the knife and he stabs her mom so that they can run off and be free. And they're both caught. Nick is serving prison for life. Misty Rose served eight years and just got out. So that's the overall picture. Do you think, did I miss anything? Do you think? Yeah, that was yeah, very accurate. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, she's about to be released and they're like memoir avail. There's a memoir avail immediately. We should have known then that it was not the real memoir. It's, it's a little pre, a little pre memoir coming for us. And basically, it's not a book. It's transcripts between her and this journalist, Melissa. So Melissa calls her while she's in prison and G Rose answers questions. And that is printed in the book. 
And then there's little portions where she speaks in first person. And that to me feels very much like a ghostwriter came in and wrote those sections. And that's kind of what this ebook is made of. What would you say? I would say very much. Yeah. Well, page one starts. It says it's a story more bizarre than fiction and more layered than an onion. Immediate full stop. I said, is this the ghostwriter? Is this G Rose? I have to know which one of you this is because it's really going to affect a lot. I mean, to have that in your book, you know, second paragraph, you're really setting a tone. Would you, did you stop dead at the onion metaphor? I was like, is this G Rose or is this because it didn't feel great. And I was like, this someone who maybe only started going to school once they got to prison and learned to write at that point in their life. Maybe this, you know, that would make sense. But I'm like, but was this? Yes. <laughs> I, if it's Giro's, I'm all in. Yes. If it is the ghostwriter kind of helping with some metaphors, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for the memoir because they basically say immediately there's another memoir coming and we just wanted your $9 now <laughs> to get our you know, get things started. Yeah. Get things started. Yeah. Get some buzz out there. And so they put this out, this little baby memoir to tease the forthcoming memoir. So let's go straight to the crime. G Rose thought she was 19 years old when the crime was taking place, but really she was about to turn 24 because her mom had always lied to her about her age and told her that she was younger than she was. Okay, I think that she, by the time the murder took place, she knew her real age. How? I think that she figured out what her real age was when she tried to run away the first time with like a different guy. When she was actually 19 and had been told that she was 15, I think that's when she learned her real age. I see. Okay. Well, she was 24 when it happened, but was being told she was a teenager. And this is the detail where I said, you need nine more chapters on just this detail alone. We blew right past it. Basically, after her boyfriend, Nick, murders her mom, Dee Dee, G. Rose posted on their joint Facebook page, that bitch is dead. Now, why? Why would you post that on the Facebook page? What? Okay, so (laughs) this is fun because I do know the answer to that question. I am so happy. (laughs) So she, they, they had committed the murder. They left town. They were in Wisconsin. And she was just sitting with the guilt of what she had done. And she was just thinking about her mom's body lying there. No one would know. No one would be checking on it. And so it was the guilt of this murder having happened and her mom's body just sitting there. She wanted someone to find her mom's body. So that's why she did it. When you say the guilt and then what you've typed is that bitch is dead, which is I'm not saying her mom didn't deserve that term. It's just. Oh, she was mm still trying to like have it be like she didn't do it. She still didn't want to get caught. That's. But you would be like. My mom's dead. Like, I'm just saying. Oh, she wasn't good at murder. Yeah. No, very bad at murder. That's that's what we can say. Very bad. Like, I hope the future memoir has the details of like, did you think you were going to get away with it? Like, did you not plan up into this point? Were you just looking for freedom and then it hit you? Like, those are the details I am missing. I think it was that she thought like, oh, it would be like if someone hacked their Facebook page or someone was in the house who had right. just done the murder, they would post right. from the page, but also, like, she yeah. wasn't I mean, thinking it through. You get in the house, you commit a crime, you say, let me log in. Yeah, because it said, it, the post said, um, that bitch is dead, and 
like, and I raped her sweet daughter or something. So, like, this post is, like, from the perspective of the perpetrator. Oh, okay. See, that is missing from this ebook. There's a lot missing. I'm, I'm so glad you're so steady. Yeah. So she talks about how she met the guy, Nick, who carries out the murder. She meets him on a free Christian dating site. So he had a record of indecent exposure and a history of mental illness. And the book says he soon turns the pair's virtual relationship uh, into one steeped in BDSM. I mean, this child went to a Christian dating site because she was Christian and it's like she found the devil. And eventually they make this plot to run into each other at an IMAX during a showing of the movie Cinderella and so that they can like meet each other. And it ends with her mom, Dee Dee, storming out of the movie theater and ordering her to never see Nick again. And I know from Dr. Phil's horrifying interview that he really drilled down on how they managed to hook up in the movie theater. Uh, he was a detective in a way where I said, I don't know if you should be getting these many. He was like, and during what scene and, and what'd you do with him? But like they, they basically hooked up during the movie. That's so funny. I think at one point she said that he actually couldn't get it up when they went into that bathroom. So they just decided to say that symbolically he took her virginity, even though he did not because he could not. I see. Wow. Well, Katie had more than Dr. Phil. As what was written in the book, she said, Dr. Phil devoted a full season of his podcast to my story, calling it the killer thorn of Gypsy Rose. My note in Kindle is what a loser. He's just such a loser. And basically after that, they make a plan to run away together and he arrives at their house and he stabs Dee Dee 17 times. And from everything Gypsy said, it seemed like he was, like, excited to do it. And yeah. so that was, like, enthusiasm. It was something he had wanted to do for a long time. Yeah. So now I want to read something that Miss G. Rose wrote about her mom. She was basically writing to her mom in the book. And this is what she wrote. With now having the answers I sought to find, I am finally able to let go of the resentment I held against you and forgive you. And moreover, I want to let you know that I'm so sorry for having a part in your death. Murder was never the answer or solution. There is not a single day that you will go unremembered, and I will carry this regret and remorse for the rest of my life. I will always love you for bringing me into this world and will remember you with love for the woman I know was a good person behind the mental disorder. And I wrote, this is very generous. I'm assuming that in all of her time of like taking like the like impact of crime on victims class in prison and like all the processing she's done, that she's had to find that place of peace. And this is probably helpful to her. Yeah, I think so. And I think the thing that struck me most about the book and just who she is, is her entire worldview was shaped by one human who lied and manipulated her her entire life. And as a child, as your brain develops, to undo that in any way, it's, I think it's pretty incredible that she is who she is from my perspective. Like that is 24 years of, of absolute misinformation and manipulation and to undo it. And I think you, you're right. Like get those classes in prison where you're thinking, where, you're, where someone is teaching you how to think for the first time, how to process yeah. for the first time, what emotions mean, what morals mean, all that stuff. I just, I really felt for her. Yeah, like based on everything that's happened in her life to her and around her and 
through her own choices, I feel like she's seems quite well adjusted. Given everything, absolutely. But then on page 16, she wrote, I decided that the first thing I want to do with my freedom is write my story. Okay, well, it's not the first thing. I actually plan to embrace my family and then celebrate New Year's Eve at the Chiefs versus Bengals game. I mean, priorities, right? Y'all, I did live in Missouri. Okay, after I read that, I said, I am not ready for this tone change. We're making jokes way too soon. I was just reading about murder. I cannot tone shift this early in the book. She does have those little bits of like, I'm just a girl in the world that really comes through. Yeah, I mean, her favorite singer is Taylor Swift. There was a whole debacle. She wasn't able to like go to that game because Taylor might be there. And uh, it's a lot. She also wrote this. She said, you know, writing a memoir wasn't my idea. It was y'all's. Like everyone kept saying, write your memoir. And she said, I'd like to think of this endeavor as a rewrite of a misinformed story you've been told, like the Taylor's version re-recordings. I'm no Taylor Swift, but if this ebook were an album, I'd title it Gypsy's version. Um, I like so that. <laughs> I did too. And I'm curious your take on this because you hear the comments of like, what are we doing celebrating a murderer or an accessory to murder? Like what what is going on with all this press and the memoir? And I was like, but there's been, I mean, the act came out. It's a, whole, a wholly fictionalized miniseries. Like her story's out there without her. Absolutely she should do this if this is what she wants. I, I, I didn't see any moral weirdness to that and I almost feel like she didn't have a choice like her story is widely talked about whether she participates or not yeah and like growing up she never had a chance to speak for herself for her whole life until the murder and then she was immediately in jail and then in prison and so she didn't really have a chance to speak for herself then either so yeah people have been actively telling her story incorrectly and widely for so long that I think she should set the record straight Yeah. And I, I mean, loved is a weird word, but I really enjoyed her processing of to suffer that many years of abuse and to enact a crime from it and to come out and sit with it and deal with it. Yeah. I just thought it was, even though it was 125 pages, I found it very introspective. Yeah. She has clearly spent a lot of time thinking about her life and her mom's life and her impact on the lives of those around her. And even though she, I think, is only very recently in therapy, because she said at one point she was like, the prison considered her too well to have therapy covered. Yeah. So now she's getting into therapy. Like That is, we have to just stop down and talk about that. Oh, yeah. She did not exhibit enough, you know, symptoms or external qualities for the prison to allow G. Rose Blanchard to go to therapy. Everyone yeah. just take that in for a moment. Uh, absolutely unreal. A reflection of society, unreal. America, the prison system, but also everywhere. And then she makes a great joke where she said, my whole life I was told I was sick. So to be told I was too well to do something is actually quite funny to me. Yeah. Okay, going back to the beginning, she talked about how her mom would dress them alike for most of her life. Even in my adulthood, she'd order me moo's that matched hers. That is crushing crushing and one just wild thing about Dee Dee is that from all the photos you saw of her in the press very much a woman who did not care about visual appearances is, is how it seemed and which is interesting because as a teenager she mm-hmm. was a beauty queen 
and was like one beauty pageants yeah and she was like very pretty and then just like all of her focus went into g rose it is a like soap opera level turn like Mm -hmm. the beauty queen who turns you know a munchausen mom okay so back into the book one highlight i have is that she talked about her and her mom's routine i want to read it We'd watch The Bold and the Beautiful. We would only get dressed if we had to run an errand. We'd watch a movie if there wasn't an errand to run. She didn't eat meat, so most of the time she made sweet peas over rice for her dinner. And G-Rose would uh, drink Pedialyte. We would watch another movie. Then we'd start our night routine. She'd bathe me, dress me, and put me into our bed. Technically, I had my own bed in my own bedroom, but ever since I could remember, I slept on the left side of my mother's bed. Next, she'd put on my breathing machine, which was horrible. I said, this... This routine, that's it's bad. We're clocking four movies a day for 24 years. I need the yeah. list. I need the movie list. I think it was a lot of Disney. She's a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Well, then we have our, we, ha- we do have a psychic moment in the book. My mother was looking for the right raw cow's tongue. She needed it for a recipe, but not the kind from a barefoot Contessa cookbook as my mother didn't eat meat. She was cooking up a spell. Parents out there, if bribing your child with new baby dolls or tiny tykes starts losing effectiveness, you could always try telling your child that you are a powerful witch. And her mom would tell her, like, I'm a witch. And she said a pencil would fall off the table and she'd say she did it with her mind. The shower head would drip water and she'd claim it was the force of her energy. The little house on Volunteer Way could swallow me up whole if my mother just willed it to. And basically tells her, like, would be like, I hope nothing happens to you tonight. You will never have freedom. You will never have happiness. I am a witch. And so that was also making her, like, stay in that wheelchair, like, listen to her mom, like, obey because she was afraid of actual dark magic. Yeah, and, like, her mom knew all of her fears and, like, preyed on them constantly. Yeah, and created her fears. Okay, I'm going to share a little personal story, which is just to kind of show like how warped her world must have been. So all my life, my mom told me I was average height. She's like, you're average height. You're perfect height. You can, you're, uh, you're tall, but not so tall that you can't wear heels. You're an average height because my mom was like 5'10", 5'11". And Katie, I was <laughs> 19 or 20 years old standing in an acting class doing some exercise where, yeah, I don't know, something. And the words come out of my mouth. I'm average height. And my theater instructor (laughs) says, look around the room. Is there anyone in this room who is taller than you? (laughs) I'm only, I'm only like five, eight, but, but I was the tallest person in the room and I was the tallest woman, you know, by far. And he was like, you're not average. You're quite tall for a woman. And I, I say 19 year old was like, what, (laughs) what? And I have eyes. I certainly can see that people are lower than me. Walked around my whole life being like, I'm average. And went to my mom and I was like, mom. And she was like, you know, she's Swedish. So she's like, you are average, you know, no male intent. But I'm just saying like, if that could happen to me, like, and then Gypsy Rose is being told her mom's a witch. Yeah. I just, I'm really in awe of of how sane she seems to be in this moment. Seriously, just go back also to one more point from their daily routine that I think just needs to be mentioned is that the reason that Gypsy Rose didn't eat the food with her mom was because her mom had had a feeding tube installed on her body. So her mom would just put all the, like the Pediasure or whatever, the like liquid meals 
through that feeding tube. So she very rarely actually ate with her Which is like mouth. So she had no digestive system, no like growing up her whole body formed around this. Yeah, and like it's I think so it seems like there was a, a doctor in the Lifetime series who I think is like a an expert on Munchausen by proxy or something, who is saying that that's like a common feature because you can control everything your child ingests so you can put any medication you want into their system and you can also tell them they're taking a medication if they're not but you can you know drug them really easily because you can just put it in their food like get it right into their into their system they don't really have any control that's horrifying yeah then so she is talking about how she gets to prison she has no idea basically how to she has no judgment So she said, when it comes to relationships of any kind with my dad, my stepmom, my attorney, fellow inmates, I was operating without a functional compass to guide my judgment. She, her mom had told her her whole life that her dad hated her, didn't want to be around her, didn't pay child support, was disgusted that she was a girl and not a boy, only to find out that her dad was like sending her letters and gifts her entire life. And now she's very close with her dad and extremely close with her stepmom, Christy, who is the woman he left Didi for. Well, I think he left Dee Dee and then got with Christy. I don't uh, think he left yes. Dee Dee for Christy. I, I mean, the timeline was short, but also he was 17 and Dee Dee was 24 when they were together. So he was 17. He was 17 and Dee Dee was 24 and they met in a bowling oh. alley and Dee Dee basically forced him into a relationship. And then he, once they were married, he was like, oh, I don't want this. Oh, yeah. It was oh, tough. I didn't know that it's a rough detail (laughs) very rough detail and basically g rose says that after her dad leaves her mom her mom Didi, Didi is like that's it you can't trust anyone you can't trust men focuses her entire life on her daughter moves them away from reality and that is when the munchausens by proxy really starts to take place And she said, uh, my mother had been betrayed growing up. She betrayed me as I grew up. And then I betrayed my mother in the ultimate way, three generations of botched trust. And she talks about how obviously her mom grew up in a pretty abusive home. And her mom's dad, G. Rose's grandpa, molested G. Rose when she was a child. Later goes on to do interviews to be like, she wanted it. This child was coming on to me, which is unbelievable yeah that was in the lifetime documentary yeah just i mean he's doing his own interview being like this four-year-old child which is so that is her mom's household so you can see how her mom gets this way i thought she did a really great job in this book of kind of showing how her mom went through so much abuse and then passed that abuse on in different ways yes and then there's just one detail about her grandpa it is not the most important detail but katie i know you're gonna get why i got caught on this which is that soon after her grandma's death This is the quote. Soon after my grandma's death, like really soon, my grandfather dated a woman named Laura. I knew we were going to talk about it. (laughs) Because because we we had that Golden Bachelor episode talking about how like a month after his wife Tony dies, he's like moving in with another girlfriend. And then just hundreds of cookies messaging me about an older man in their life who has done the same thing. And then other women messaged me saying like, you guys, I'm just saying messages out loud. Like men can't take care of themselves. Like they need someone in the home because they just like, I, I don't even think they all meant like to cook and clean. I think they meant like to wake up, to remember to walk outside every once in a while. <laughs> like they cannot be alone and are like immediate woman is needed in the house. Yeah. One yeah. thing though that I found 
one of my highlights, I don't know if it's like a rumor what you would call this, but the family thinks that Dee Dee poisoned Laura, her new stepmom, with Roundup when they were staying briefly in that house. And in the book, it says, according to Laura, my mother put Roundup in her food. And in the Lifetime documentary, the grandpa, who we know we can't really trust what he says, but he says that Gypsy pointed as like a small child, pointed at the box of Roundup and says, those are the vitamins that like mom puts in Laura's food. Oh, so obviously no. we I don't know if that's true, but if it yeah. is true, wild. <laughs> and absolutely believable in this Very because much it is, so. That is just one of the layers of this onion. Yes. Katie, how dare you say yes with a straight face to that? <laughs> I'm look, we're in we're in her world. I'm just trying to be there with her. We're in her world. We're living in it. Okay, that was just a teaser of this episode that is only for our Patreon-only members. And you can hear the whole thing by becoming a Patreon member. For just a dollar, you get all of the bonus episodes like this one and ad-free listening. For $5 a month, you get the Patreon chat, you get pictures to all the episodes, and so much more. The reason that we do these Patreon-only teasers is to give you an idea of what you would be getting by becoming a member and that like we have tons of good content for our Patreon subscribers because we quite literally cannot make this podcast without our listeners, the cookies. I'm just so grateful to all of you. I'm so happy you're here. I love making this show. I couldn't do it without our Patreon. And so thank you for becoming a member. Consider joining if you want to hear the rest of this episode and then get into the comment section. Join the book club. There is so much on our Patreon that's so fun to get into, especially the mobile app chat. And all of that's available and you can sign up in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Chelsea Devontes. 